Yo, what's up everyone? I'm Michael Griswold and welcome to the first episode of Tackling the Gridiron. This podcast is basically be a rundown of football. Yep, football, that's it. Everything football. We go from the NFL to fan-controlled football to trades to the offseason, college football, the draft, anything I want to talk about about football and what you guys want to hear, I'm going to talk about. So that's basically the rundown of what the show is going to be all about. And today we're going to talk about just the NFL, just a whole bunch of things that have been happening in football throughout the past couple months, maybe even the whole season. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get right into it with the NFL season recap. Now, I'm a Giants fan. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I'm going to talk about the Giants quite a bit because, you know, why the hell not? And basically, what I want to say about the Giants is that we had a good defense. Joe Judge looks promising. Injuries sucked. You know, like, if there were no injuries, I think we'd have a pretty solid team. And I finally see some signs of hope for this team. Maybe for Daniel Jones, maybe for just the entire team, but especially for just the future of the Giants in the NFC East. Now, the NFC East this year was probably the weakest conference. Not probably, what am I saying? It was the weakest conference in the entire NFL, having a team that was 7-9 and nine go to the playoffs and have a chance of making the Super Bowl. Just having a chance at 7-9 and nine is ridiculous. The Giants did it in, I think I think it was 2012. I don't remember. I think it was around that. At 8-8, eight and eight, won the Super Bowl. But this was a whole different story against teams that were just powerhouses. Now, the Giants should have made it. And here comes the salt train because uh, I hate Doug Peterson. I hate the Eagles franchise. It's a scumbag franchise. going to straight up say that. I hate the franchise, and I don't hate the Eagles. I don't hate Carson Wentz. I don't hate anyone on that team. Zach Ertz, feel bad because those guys probably played their heart out that last game, and they just, I mean, it's a better draft spot, but Jesus, Doug Peterson just sucks. I hate him. He sucks. He let the team down, let everyone down. That's just like a terrible football guy thing. You know, if you're going to go from football guy perspective, that was just stupid. And I hate him. I hate him forever. Don't hate the Eagles forever. Just hate the franchise, Doug Peterson, everything about them besides the actual players. Now, if you guys dispute that, you, you whatever. It's, it's what I'm saying is completely correct. Now, um, going back to the Giants, we we have the pro- probably one of the no, I'm not gonna say one of the best. That's like too biased, but a very good secondary with young guys with like James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, you know, just those guys back there creating havoc. And with a draft coming up with like the 11th pick in the first round, with still like a promising season coming in second in the NFC East, uh is it is good to look at even though we went six and ten like it doesn't matter we are second in the nfc east if the other teams aren't going to produce then why do we have to produce consistently so um with the 11th pick there i i think you have to go either receivers or corners because that's what we need 
Like what are what else are we gonna do with that with that pick? We don't need any more offensive linemen. Even though sometimes it did look shaky, it did look shaky. But I loved, I hated the Andrew Thomas pick at first. I was like, what are we doing? This is stupid. But now looking back at it, very smart pick. He had a very productive season, which as a rookie is just great to see. You love to see that. And uh, basically what I've been looking at and what I've been thinking is that another receiver would benefit us probably the most as the first pick. Just because, like I said, the corners, like our secondary is is performing, not at the level as probably they would like, but they're performing and they're young. Well, receivers like Golden Tate, not a great season. Shep, decent season. Evan Ingram, terrible season. Somehow made the Pro Bowl, dropped 100 passes. That's an exaggeration, but 100, 100 freaking passes. I mean, come on. And that last game is the Cowboys. We probably should have lost that game. We definitely should have lost that game. And if it did, I would have put a lot of blame on him and Wayne Gallman. And of course, Daniel Jones, you know, he's had, he just didn't play that. He played like Daniel Jones has been playing, which he needs to get out of. He can't turn the ball over. He can't throw useless interceptions. When it's third and 12, he drops back and just throws it into the end zone. It gets intercepted. It's like, well, you know, no duh, that's getting intercepted. That's what's going to happen. It's just going to turn into a rant of the Giants. I, I hate it, but it's going to happen. Um, and so, like I was saying, receivers, getting a young receiver like Waddle, maybe if we if Waddle fell to that 11th pick and we picked him up, I'd be ecstatic. If he's healthy and he's on the Giants, I would love it. You know, it's, it's, he's just, he's dynamic. He's amazing. And maybe even getting uh that, oh my gosh, that, guy from Kyle Pitts from uh from Florida to come in on uh tight end maybe once in a while but it, it's hard to say because Evan Ingram and uh Kyle Pitts have similar abilities they're both like kind of fast not as good blockers so maybe a tight end a blocking tight end who knows uh and edge rushing was also somewhat of a problem you know you, you would watch the games, and where was the pressure coming from? The middle. Leonard Williams, amazing season, I thought. Uh, had so many multiple sack games in dynamic situations. Like the last game against the Cowboys, it was just without him, I don't know if we would have won that game. His defensive presence was unreal every time he stepped on the field against the Seahawks when we beat them with Colt McCoy at Colt McGoat, sorry, I meant Colt McGoat, not Colt McCoy. That's not even his name. Colt McGoat playing quarterback. And Leonard Williams steps up and always performs. It's always coming up the middle. And we just need edge rushers to make our team more dynamic, our defense more dynamic. Because like I was saying with the corners and the secondary, is they're playing good, but you you know, you can't cover a NFL receiver for like seven seconds it's almost impossible seven to ten seconds you can't do it you got to get to the quarterback in like under three seconds for your secondary to get a chance so that's enough about the Giants I'm just gonna talk about the NFL season I was a little rant I'm sorry about that but it was it, I'm it made sense and so the NFL recap great season I loved it I had so much fun watching the NFL season this year even with COVID even with the restrictions no fans it was just electric there was something happening around every turn. Lamar Jackson getting hurt 
quotation marks, getting hurt, probably using the bathroom. Who knows? Uh, coming out of the locker room, winning the game on the la- on the last play, Trace McSorley getting hurt to beat the Browns, just unreal. And you know you can't like moments like that haven't happened in a long time. We haven't had a season where it's like unforgettable moments that are just insane. The only unfortunate thing was I didn't like the Super Bowl because of the lack of like competitiveness because it wasn't because of the Chiefs weren't competitive it's because they got out coached uh their offense came to a halt their receivers couldn't catch a pass Pat Mahomes was fighting for his life the line couldn't do jack crap and it it was just painful to watch even though it was a Super Bowl it was a shootout which I do like it wasn't really a shootout but there was like a lot of scoring going on you got to see Tom Brady who like I said, Giants fan, don't like him, but man, he, he secured the go spot. He did it. You cannot say he's not the GOAT now. I mean, goes to a new team, new coaching, a team that hasn't had success in forever, might I say. And he just performs. Him and Gronk, two old guys, two new teams, or one new team, and they just show out, completely show out. No remorse for human life, scoring at will. And then they party like it's nothing. They party like it is nothing, like they're young again. They're having the time of their lives. I'm sure they never partied like that. Well, maybe Gronk did, but Tom definitely did not party like that in New England. I'll tell you that. And you have to think what would have happened if Bill Belichick gave Tom Brady more control over the offense, if Tom Brady was calling plays more often, because that is what uh, Bruce Arians did. And it, it showed. It showed Bruce Arians knew how to coach Tom Brady. And you can not respect the guy. You can respect the guy. But Tom, but Bruce Arians knew what to do. He knew how to coach Tom Brady and Gronk. Two older guys. They're older. You can't say they're not old. That doesn't mean they're not good. But they are absolutely showing out. They're showing out at their age. And do you know why? Because Bruce Arians released something saying, oh, if Tom Brady came up to me and said, I'm sore, I'm not throwing today, he was like, okay, you're sore, you're not throwing today. He would tell Gronk, it's a Wednesday, take the day off, rest, I'd rather have you full speed, full health on Sunday, getting hit, hitting people, and playing football. Now, that, that's, that's a football guy. That is a football guy. We're, if we're calling football guys, that is it. And you can't, like, you can't say that I'm wrong because... That's a football guy. You're letting the quarterback call plays. You're letting your players call plays because they're out there. They know what's going on. Tom Brady's been in the league for forever, it seems like. He's been beating teams in the Super Bowl for forever, besides the Giants. Let's put that on the record with Eli Manning, goat killer. And he it's just unreal. It's just unreal to watch, even though of my even though I have the hatred. You know, I have the hatred, but I'll put it aside. You know, I'll set it aside just for today, just for today. And so basically that's that's not really a recap, but I was just going to talk about my preferences of what I liked, which, you know, do whatever what you want with that information. But I just think it's just unreal. And seeing what teams are going to do next year, you have no clue because who knows what's going to be happening next year. You have no clue what's going to be happening in the NFL next year. No clue who's going to be drafted. 
really have zero clue. I I don't know. Like you, everyone's like, oh, Trevor Lawrence number one. Who knows? Who knows what the Jets are gonna do? Or not even the Jets now. Yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville probably will take Trevor Lawrence. Actually, yeah, they should. If they don't, that's stupid. And the Jets are gonna take that old lineman from uh, Oregon. He's a stud and keep Sam Darnold back there. I think that's smart. I don't think they're gonna take Fields. I think Sam Darnold can stay back there. They got to test him out a little more because he had some games. He kept a lot of games close and he won some games. You don't know what's going to happen with these young quarterbacks like Josh Allen. This is a perfect example. Josh Allen, not very good his first couple years. This year, standout. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't as dirty as he is and wasn't as like good as he is, uh, Josh Allen would have won that MVP easily. Brings Buffalo to life. Bill's mafia was going crazy for Josh Allen. I go to school, I go to college, and let me tell you what, the hype around Josh Allen before the season was so positive, and when he showed out, it was crazy. Everyone was going absolutely insane for this guy. Absolutely insane. I loved it. Uh, another player, dynamic as all hell, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry never ceases to amaze any person. If you're watching the game and Derrick Henry is in, you're going to see a 90-yard rush t- for touchdown. It's almost guaranteed every game. I can't, I can't explain it. That is just insane to watch a guy that big that can run that fast and people still can't don't know how to tackle him. These guys are professional football players they've been playing football their whole lives and they still don't know how to tackle this guy because he's so dynamic it's not their fault this guy just trucks people he stiff arms them he does anything they want now we're on the topic of the titans i'm getting hyped up it's like i just took a smelling salt the titans how many big guys can you have on a team that can just run people over and kill them Oh my God, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Tannehill. Don't say Tannehill isn't dynamic because he can't throw the ball because that's false. He, When Tannehill has the ball, people always talk about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, all these running quarterbacks. How about Ryan Tannehill? He will truck people. He He's done it. He stiff arms people. And they have plays just for him. Who's no, Who knows who's getting the ball? Do you know? No. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. Nope. No clue. Or maybe I'll just throw a slant to A.J. Brown and he'll truck some people and stiff arm some people. These guys are monsters on the Titans. They're monsters. Where did they come from? I mean, like, how did this happen? Because they've had this team for how many years and just recently they've been performing out of their mind. Out of their mind. It is so, it is so fun to watch. So now that I've gone on my rant, which probably isn't over, I'll probably keep doing it, which like the format will get better. This is the first episode. If you guys are watching, I really appreciate it or listening. I really appreciate it because this is the first episode. I'll get a structure down. But right now I'm just passionate about football. I'm going after it as hard as I can because football is so fun to watch, so fun to follow, so fun to play, so fun to just be a part of that it's just too exciting to just talk about one thing when your mind thinks about another. So now we're going to talk about the draft. So the draft, again, is, like I said, up in the air. 
no clue what is going to happen. I really don't. And that might be like a lack of research, but I have researched it a little bit, but still watching teams, it's like so many teams just had wavy seasons. Like I have no clue. I have no clue what the Giants need. And I'm the, I'm a biggest giant. I'm the biggest Giants fan. And I have no clue what the Jets need. Like I said, Jacksonville obviously needs a quarterback. They can't have Minshew back there, even though dude has more drip and swag than any quarterback Maybe besides Drew Locke, because you know Drew Locke. But Gardner, he's just he he just exudes sex. That's what he does. And I love him, but he's a garbage quarterback and they need a change there. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> and so basically the only teams that I'm certain will get <laughs> will get their players is Jacksonville with a quarterback. Other than that, it's really a toss up. I have no clue what'll happen. Talking about that, though, we will we will talk about college football, I guess, right now. That might as well. We're going to talk about the draft. College football season was it was good. I liked it. It was it was unpredictable and predictable at the same time. Um, the first week I remember watching LSU play, and I was like, "Oh my god, LSU! Let's see!" And they sucked, obviously, which. How did I not expect that? How did not everyone expect that? They sucked. Coach O is there, but I love Coach O. Great football guy, great coach. But, I mean, how long are we going to think Coach O is, like, a, actually a very good coach? Because he's he is a good coach. He's a very good coach, but he's not the coach that can bring a team from nothing to something. He's bounced around teams as assistant coaches, strength coaches, head coaches, and now he's here. And he had an unreal team. Every player... Every player from each position got drafted in the draft after that championship season. Joey Burrow, if he didn't tear his ACL, might have been rookie of the year. He was playing unreal at in Cincinnati with zero line, very little receiver help. Joe Mixon, very good running back, but he also got injured for a little bit. So he didn't really have that much help. And it just would have been fun to watch. So... LSU, not good. Not good. I don't think they'll be good for a long time. Um, another team that kind of shocked me, but not really, was Florida. Florida played some good football and some bad football. Again, just like I said about the NFL, wavy, very wavy season for a lot of teams. Florida lost to LSU, who I just said, not very good. Not very good at all. And Florida, they lost that game because he threw a shoe. I forget the player. I don't. I didn't follow Florida that closely until that incident, to be honest. But come on, what are you doing in that situation where you're winning the game and you do that and lose the game? Like you suck. You're an idiot. You're you're a college athlete looking to go pro. What team is gonna see that? Be like, wow, he has no composure when it gets down to the end of the game. And he sees a shoe lying there and just throws it. Oh my god. Jeez, that's so stupid. Florida played another good game against uh, Alabama in the SEC championship. I was like, after that game, if they did not lose to LSU, they were my shoe-in for the fourth team in the college football playoff. I was like, you, they're the only team that played Alabama that close. And I was like, they should be there. 
You know, Alabama powerhouse team had zero people get in their way. They really had no people get in their way, which really was expected because it's Alabama, it's Nick Saban, unreal wide receiving crew, unreal quarterback with Mac Jones. He was my favorite quarterback, let's just say. I He was just so good. And uh, Devontae Smith, so, oh my gosh, what a beast. He's just, he deserved that Heisman, but I wanted Mac Jones to win it, but he deserved it. That's another receiver that should go very high. Should go Waddle. Uh, I'm in between Waddle and Smith. Don't know who should go first, who should go second, but based on this season with Waddle's health, we'll see how he does in the offseason, how he prepares for the combine and the draft. But from this season, it should be Smith first. But I do see Waddle going first, if depending on his, uh, you know, his recovery from his terrible injury, which sucked that he played through it really did suck that he played in that championship game because it was smart he wanted to play he wanted to be a part of it but at the same time it's like you know what what can you really do what can you do so um what was i okay so the so alabama let's go to alabama because florida's over with like they they didn't make it but i think without the loss to lsu they would have so alabama Absolute powerhouse all season. Very expected. They're always there. They're always in the top four. Whether they're winning the championship or not, it's it really depends on the year. But they they win it more than they lose it. You know, the years that they lost it, the teams they lost to, I believe, won it. Or maybe not last year. Maybe not two years ago when LSU won it. But for most, for the most part, that's what happened. They got beat by a better team that was lowly ranked, and that's just that's just what happened. But other than that, Alabama, what else can you say besides they're dominant? They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Their defense is dirty. They stopped Trevor Lawrence, who is gonna, who's probably going to go number one, and they stopped him. You know, they, their defense is good. Their offense is good. Nick Saban is probably the best coach in the country. He recruits players. He gets them on his team, and he disciplines them to basically becoming an NFL player before actually playing in the NFL. So with that being said, that's really all, like I said, that's all you can say. That's that's Alabama. That's their culture. If you want to be a part of Alabama, you got to be a part, a part of their culture, and that's what it is. It's winning. It's winning and getting players highly picked in the draft. And so speaking about that championship game, Clemson, another great season, and forgive me if I pronounce this name wrong, but DJ Ugalele uh, came in because Trevor Lawrence had COVID for uh, two weeks. So they lost, I think, their first game in a long time to uh, Notre Dame. Huge upset. But at the end, everyone was like, oh, DJ Ugalele played, not Trevor Lawrence. And people forget DJ Ugalele is one of the best quarterbacks in the country as a backup. He could probably go to any other school that's not like maybe like one of those top four schools and start easily. So with that being said, uh, I really don't have much else to say with Clemson because Dabo will be there still. They'll have... Uh, ETN won't be there. I believe I bet he's going to the draft. And but other than that, like they're just gonna be dominant forever. 
because Dabo will be that's similar it's a similar concept because um of the coaching and the culture and southern football you can't beat it it's really something they dominate the ACC there's no competition in the ACC Syracuse UNC Louisville those type of and I guess Notre Dame like it doesn't really count but there's no there's just no competition whatsoever so they're gonna keep dominating the ACC keep dominating college football and they're just gonna go from there that's all that's gonna happen Ohio State with Justin Fields Justin Fields another top pick at quarterback you never know if he'll get drafted number two or if he or if he's gonna fall to another team because like I said the Jets have a tough decision I really think they should just stick with a lineman, but I could see why they draft a quarterback, get a nice mobile quarterback, young mobile quarterback in there with a rough line and let him do his thing. He's a playmaker. Justin Fields is a playmaker no matter what. And uh, so that's really all I have to say about college football. I just basically like ranted there, which was kind of dumb, but I think you guys will like it. It's like I said, passionate talk about football. I, I'm going to say like very like laid back words, like dumb, stupid, like that was fun. That was great. But at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's how I feel about football. It's exactly how I'm talking about it. So another, this is, this is something I'm talking about just because I found it very interesting and new is fan controlled football. When I saw that, I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who would watch that or who would play in that? And I loved the XFL. When that went under, I was very sad because they were really kicking off. I was like planning trips with my friends to go to XFL games because they looked so fun and it was just great. But so I'm going to break down fan control football for you guys right now. So fans control almost, I'm not going to say every aspect, but almost every aspect of the game. They call plays sometimes like you get to vote on if it's a run or a pass, then it'll give you four options. It'll be like, oh, this play, this play, this play. And then they'll call the play from that. I mean, that is crazy. People are playing competitive football. And these fans are some guy named Jerry is just sitting at home, like looking on Twitch and just picking plays. I mean, that is so cool. That is so weird, but it is so cool that some average Joe can just sit there and call plays in a little seven on seven football game that I hate to say it means almost nothing, but it means now it means something to the people watching. They get to pick and they get to play. And these football players, they get to play. Another thing, Johnny Manziel, he's playing. He's on those zippers. Or no, yeah, zippers, I believe. Yeah, zappers, sorry, zappers. He's on the zappers. And he's been making some electric plays. I know he said, he's like, this is not my way to get back into football. I don't want teams to notice me. He's like, after this, I probably won't pick up a football for another couple of years, maybe even longer, which is sad because Johnny Manziel had so much promise. He was too cocky. He did some illegal things and he was just a bust for the Browns, which bad timing when he went to the Browns, Uh, bad timing when he went to the Browns because the Browns were a terrible organization and still are in a sense, but they're getting better. They're getting better and it's nice to see. But at the same time, at the time that Johnny Manziel was there, it was not a good look. Very bad look. So keep going with fan-controlled football. The four, there's four teams, and I believe they're playing four, no, six, yeah, six regular season games, a 
week of playoffs and a championship game. So there's four teams, Glacier Boys, Zappers, Beasts, and Wild Aces, which were everything was chosen by the fans. The uh, the jerseys and the names. So now here's something that's going to probably blow your mind because it blew my mind. They can draft players. Fans can draft players. So each team gets two, I believe, two like franchise players. They can't be drafted. They can't be moved around. And I'm pretty sure defensive units like like uh, secondaries, linemen, and like maybe defensive linemen, they're kind of traded in bundles. So like, oh, these. So I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday of each week. After the games and like before the games next week, they get there's a redraft and like teams can just be moved, like players can just be moved to another team. And that's just how it is. They just play like that. And I just think that is crazy. Like, how do you judge if a team is good or not at the end of the season? I just, maybe I'm interpreting wrong, but I really think I'm right. So I I don't know. It's funny. It's so cool. And so many, like, influential people are owning this league and they're, like, participating in it. Like, Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch, Austin Eckler, the rapper Quavo, MLB player Trevor May, WNBA player Renee Montgomery, Ronnie 2K, and a lot more. Pretty sure there's a bunch of influential people that are trying to get this out there. And I just think that's really cool. That at first, like I said, at first I'm like, what, like, what the hell? Like, this is, this is weird. But now I'm thinking, like, they're just trying to get something new. They're trying to get something new for people out there. And it's respectable. You know, they're letting fans get involved in the game. They want to watch the game. And it's just it's just cool to see that NFL players and other professional players and even like uh, pop culture people and video game uh, creators are uh, participating in this and are bringing light to it. And it will hopefully help grow the league and make it maybe like eight teams, make, keep expanding and let people who aren't, going to the NFL, not going to college, have a way to play football because that's what it's all about. It's about football. Everyone wants to play football, have fun, and just do whatever they want. They want to play football. They want to hit people. The fans want to go. They want to drink. They want to party. They want to see people get hit. I mean, what else What else do you want to do? That's perfect right there. Come on now. Everyone knows that. And... The only problem with it is obviously there's kind of low incentive for players to play, which sucks, you know, because like they're not getting paid a lot. Coaches aren't getting paid a lot. So it's just, you know, it's hard to see, but people are going to do anything to play football after. If they love football, they're going to do anything to play football. And I respect that. That's why I respect this league. I really am excited to see where this league goes in the future. I want to start watching the games and hope and maybe get some play calls, maybe draft some players. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do whatever I want. It's fan-controlled football. And that's just the greatest part about it. So I think I've talked about pretty much everything I want to talk about, and I'm pretty out of breath because I've just been I'm, – I'm hyped up. I love this. So like I said, this is going to be probably a weekly thing. I'm going to try and film or record – every Monday night because that's when I have my room to myself. I am in college and I'm going to try and edit it Monday night as well, maybe even Tuesday and get it out on Tuesday every week. Like I said, this is called Tackling the Gridiron. I'm Michael Griswold 
and thank you all for watching. I really appreciate it. I'll see you next week with more NFL and football news overall. Thank you very much.